This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geek, show number 471, recorded on December 3rd, 2020. Here at Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way in your own news reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the AverageGuy.tv studios here in a very beautiful Mike, Bellevue, Nebraska. I think we've had some uh, the string of nice weather. Uh, hey, I'm yeah, I mean, 40s right? and sunny. I'll take it in uh, wow. in December, late November. It's It's been a nice little string. I'll take it. Putting up Christmas lights, not as bad when it's this warm in December. No, not bad. Well, you know where the weather's really good. Andrew Morris is down on the other side of the planet. It's uh, spring for you guys, right? Things are pretty um, good. Uh, yeah, call it call it summer. We've already had 40 plus degree days. So what's that? 100, 100 Fahrenheit. So today's a you know very nice 80, 80-ish degrees. All right. Things are going well. We'll catch up with you here in a second. Uh, so, Christian's out in Maryland and... Uh, Christian, how, how, how's the weather in your neck of the world? We're chilly, mid 30s. Uh, taking out trash is getting a bit frosty, but nothing that the Buffalo blood isn't used to. So, yeah, yeah. You, you'll get soft eventually. You'll get uh, soft. It's, it's already started. It's, it's pretty unfortunate. <laughs> I got to be honest. Good to see both of you guys. Of course, we're celebrating the 10th anniversary uh, tonight of Home Gadget Geeks. It'll be kind of a regular show. We'll have a little bit of nostalgia kind of associated with it. We got some call-in stuff. We're going to do a beer pick here in just a second. Um, but uh, Andrew, Christian, good to have you back. I think about the, uh, I think about, let me let me bring that up just for folks who were talking about it in, in um, pre-show. The very first post, in fact, if you want to head out to the average guy, if you want to see this, it's not the easiest thing in the world to find, but if you want to head out to the average guy.tv and then it's slash HT because we started with home tech. So this thing was called Home Tech for, I don't know, first 100 episodes, I think. HT001 will get you there and a great opportunity to kind of see. If you want to hear, we played this in the pre-show, if you want to hear the intro back then. I flirted with the idea, Mike, of doing the old intro, but doing it in the new voice kind of thing. And then I thought, nah. And I also flirted with the idea of having you do the intro. I think next week on our, you know, 10 year and one I think you're going to have to do the intro. I think I could do it just from memory. I think it's just ingrained in my head right now. Okay, but back then, I still see that you had the average guy tag on there. So did you have more than one show back then, or did you just know that you were going to start doing more than one show, so you made a network instead of just having one website? Yeah, Andrew kind of went along on the ride uh, with me in those days. Christian, I mean, Cyber Frontiers came out of Mm. this, kind of this. Uh, (laughs) Andrew... Spartan Radio was was one <laughs> we used to like to do the intro to Spartan Radio. You found Spartan Radio, <laughs> and, hosted uh, by the man. Yeah, <laughs> I say, uh, yes, uh, uh, the rad. It was the Rad Racing Network. You found. I. Uh, <laughs> and, and the dodgy, the dodgy, dodgy website that I knocked up in about twenty minutes using yeah. some bit of crapware that I found on the internet. Well, we got that rolling, Mike. We had fitness tech for a while. I think I did 30, 30 or 40 episodes of a fitness tech podcast. We did, I did a financial tech podcast that I think I went a couple years on that, three or four years maybe. Uh, I got some folks to help me out on the financial tech. And then uh, what else? Like, I think that's that. So think you, that's so you had a network from the beginning. I mean, you, you knew you were going to do multiple shows. Rich's random podcast generator. 
uh, Rich O'Neill. Uh, how many did Rich, Rich do? I want to say 50, I think. Yeah, thereabouts. Yeah, I think we'd get together on Saturdays on, on and just do hangouts. People could join. It was to talk about anything that you wanted to. Mm. The idea. It was, it was literally random, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, well that, that's, that was the idea is that like if it, the conversation was good, we just rip it into a podcast and publish mm. it. And, and most uh, of them were. Yeah, they were pretty good. Yeah. They were pretty good. Yeah, we 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 kind of made that work. Lots of um, folks. Of course, if you're new to this podcast in you know last couple of years, this all came out of Dave McCabe's home server show. So you know maybe I think I started. Dave started that oh mm, eight, I think, and I joined him early oh nine with Zadler and and Chris, and uh, and then we I think I went a year and some change. And uh, I, I wanted. Then you, to, went, then yeah. you went rogue. Yeah, I did go rogue. <laughs> I, I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to do something different, and so I, I approached Christian and you and Brian Burgess in that day. In fact, Mike, the intro that we have now, the the guitar riff is Brian Burgess. He wrote that. I mean, like he he performed it first on the guitar, and then he added drums and a bass to it. And I've just never never not done that. And big thanks to Brian for doing that um, doing that for us, but. Um, back in those days, I don't know, to be honest, I don't know if, 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 if home gadget geeks, home tech before guys has really changed that much in the 10 years we've been doing this. We still get in here. I mean, Mike, you've been here five, <coughs> yeah, five years now, five. So the formats changed a little bit. We still have guests that we have on. We do miss Christian's corner. Christian, that is one of those things I kind of, we move Christian's corner kind of to cyber frontiers, right? The other gym asked, wait, sure. is this Christian's new corner? <laughs> <laughs> Looks like Christian's yes. been banished I'm, I'm, to already, <laughs> I, I'm working on the styling. Don't worry. I, I, I definitely have the most vanilla look of the uh, advanced podcast walls that have formed over the years. But um, oh, it, it is certainly a corner. It has three dimensions to it, as you can see. So, um, And I have a dimension in front of me you can't see that makes it a box. So it's definitely a corner. Um, and I don't know, Christian's Corner wasn't always 100% content that outtaked to Cyber Frontiers. I remember we did some college hunting uh, and some uh, other off-topic brands in that little segment, and uh, I think people enjoyed it. So, yeah, mm. yeah, no, it was a good. You used to come up with some. You used to come up with some really good little quirky stuff that I'd never heard of. Yeah, and in general, Cyber Frontiers kind of became a lot of quirky stuff uh, put together, um, but. Yeah, there were just so many tools and little gadgets for for Windows at the time that I was fascinated with, and especially with the home server carryover stuff that we were doing, uh, there was just always something to talk about. John's talking about the college show is the most impactful of my life. I think Christian, I think he's referring to the one I sat down and interviewed you right after you got accepted to the University of Maryland. Yep. And we kind of, I quizzed you. I'll be honest, I learned a ton about the process too from you and all that you my kids were just starting to kind of get into that into that space. That was a pretty impactful show. And it's actually amazing how relevant it still is today. Um, uh, most universities are still using Common App in the United States and the, the mm. process. I mean, there's some things that have changed with, you know, a lot of schools not accepting um, standardized scores this year because of COVID or whatnot. But by and large, the fundamentals in that show largely didn't change. So I feel like it has stood the test of time so far. 
Well, you we brought back really weird memories with Common App when you said, I'm like, oh, I remember some <laughs> painful nights sending in late applications, and that oh, was awful. Yeah. We we do need to break into a beer um, real quick. Eric Janowski sent us a hop, uh, hop Cloud. Sorry, Christian, I didn't get one of these to you. Andrew, there was no way I was going to get one of these to you. What but can I say? Eric, so you guys are welcome to to break out on, but uh, Hop Cloud, it's a it's called a, a, a hazy IPA. It goes with this voicemail, so let me let's let's bring this in. And uh, Dave left this voicemail. Maybe, of course. Now, when you wanted to play, it won't. Okay, one second. You guys can still hear me, right? Yeah, we can. Yeah, I didn't totally lock up. All right, hold on. Let's refresh the page, Mike. While we're doing that. Yeah, let's hope. Whoa, let's hope I cracked mine early. Sorry, okay. I, I, I realized that pre show I thought we were doing so I cracked it. Yeah, what do you um, think so far? Very hoppy, which is something I really like. Um, really good. Where's this one from again? I'm trying to find San Diego. So, canned, brewed, and canned in San Diego. If I seven percent. Hey, Jim, Dave Canyon here. The guy who tortured you during Podcast Movement 2017 in Anaheim, California, with his crappy Android phone. Hey, by the way, <laughs> did you know that according to Google, the 10-year of marriage is marked with tin or aluminum? Both materials represent the durability and flexibility needed to sustain a loving union. So this might be a good time to crack open a beer, a can of beer. Congratulations, Jim. All right, Dave. Thanks for, for sending that in. we got a few more that we'll do. Um, Look at the hit on that thing, Jim. Well, you okay. need to learn how to pour a beer. <laughs> I, I, I dropped it before I put set it up here. And yeah, oh, really? It's going to be a second. Dropped it or shook the crap it's out of it. Be it's very possible. I did, I did both on that one. Mike, you said very hoppy. <laughs> very yeah. hoppy. I mean, the hop cloud is definitely a, uh, an apt name for it. 7% alcohol, really good, um, but just extremely hoppy. Like, I, it's really all you taste when you drink it. So if you like that, should be right, Bailey, and I do. It reminds me there was a beer in Omaha called the Hop Louia, and that I loved. It was like the beer I drank all through college. It was my favorite when I went to a bar. And this remind this is like bringing back good memories of that Hop Louia beer. Yeah, no, I like it. Uh, Andrew, you a, you a hoppy fan or not? I don't drink a lot of beer anymore. You, I sort of. You have to read. I went. I went. Alien card. Like, is that even? Can you uh, even say that? <laughs> saying they don't like boiled food like can you you can't say those kinds of things well you, you can <laughs> Look, I, I'm, I'm probably drinking more ciders these days to be honest uh, yeah and okay. and and hard ciders so you know sort of a 17 percent yeah type cider yeah. um there's some there's some really nice ones brewed into or put together in tasmania that that um feature f feature quite frequently in the fridge uh, Christian, what about you? You got a, you got a preference? Uh, I, I'm still mostly in the IPAs, um, and uh, Maryland has a lot of good um, local breweries for that. Jailbreak Brewery is one of the the better ones that has uh, four flavors that you can get in a in a multi pack. So, all right. Good enough. Well, Eric, thanks for sending that beer to us. If you want to send us your local beer, you can do that. Don't do it outside of the United States. Okay. Let's just be reasonable about this. Send me an email, Jim at the average guy.tv, and I will um, uh, send you my address if you want to send them. 
Uh, Eric, thanks for sending those on. This is one of his favorites, and uh, and we appreciate that as well. I should mention, uh, just real quick, uh, if you haven't yet and you want to start a website, and we got the guy here, we're going to talk a little bit about the infrastructure of Maple Grove Partners. Can't have Christian on not talk about this. Uh, but if you haven't bought a domain yet, head out to Hover. Do it now. Just do it right now. TheAverageGuy.tv slash Hover. Even if you're driving, start typing it in your car. The average, no, I'm just kidding. TheAverageGuy.tv slash Hover. Uh, you get $2 off your first domain. And then just some great domain hosting uh, as well. And then while you're at it, head over to MapleGrovePartners.com. Christian, do we have some space at Maple Grove Partners? Would that be like, could you take on somebody at this point? We have space. We're building more space. Uh, we're continuing to build out our, our, our second data site. And uh, we're just going to keep rocking and rolling with it. So we're having fun. Uh, pretty great, except when you have a website that has a weird, funky WordPress thing going on. Which, yeah, there's that. Which which the average guy.tv seems to. I think they have isolated it down to a plugin, maybe. I don't know. We'll get it. We'll get it figured have, out. Uh, with WordPress. Yeah. Really? Yeah. No, I know that's shocking. That we're having, <laughs> having WordPress problems. So if you want plans, they start, are they still 10 bucks? If I can I get in? Yep. And the email hosting is fantastic too. So I, I still do my ham radio strip through there and uh, primarily use it because I've been bad at writing posts. I primarily use it for all the email. So I have my uh, call sign um, as my domain and host my email over there. Works great. Have it on all my devices. It's good service. Yeah, super good. You can get it today. Send, you know, head out to maplegrovepartners.com and uh, ways to sign up right there. Plan stars a little 10 bucks. Maplegrovepartners.com. Uh, our Discord group has been rocking lately. If you're not out there right now, you probably should. The average guy.tv slash Discord bust out has been particularly um, uh, active in that group, and he left the message as well. Let's see if we can hear from him. Hey, Jim, this is bust out. I wanted to thank you for not only entertaining us all these years, but also for building up a community. It's nice to see how everyone has come together around what you build up. May you find joy in your creation for many years to come. That's always nice to hear from folks, isn't it? I mean, we we spend so much time talking to them online. So busted, bust out. Thanks for uh, doing that. Christian, let's talk about the data center there or your data center, what we call Maple Grove Partners. Give us a quick rundown while we got you. What, what are you guys doing? Yeah. Um, so we're in the process right now of working on something that's pretty unique for what you know, many would consider either some combination of shared hosting or virtual private hosting, where we're really looking to offer the hybrid experience of high end for high availability without going to a higher end package. So we're right now building our architecture so that um, if the data site where your particular um, environment goes down, it's going to automatically be replicated and traffic shifted to a secondary site. So it's all transparent to you as the, as the user. Uh, but on the back end, we're basically making sure that your stuff stays up. Um, and this, like, this works in both ways, right? So as we're expanding capacity and getting more customers, um, we're able to expand the sites where we want to host customers' primary data and then shift that and make sure it's replicated to a secondary site so that at a moment's notice if there's a disaster recovery situation um, we can we 
automatically flip over. Um, that's taken a lot of evolution. I mean, when we started Maple Grove, it was really actually centered around this community, right? We wanted to offer a, a platform for podcasters, and that's still one of our main use cases, although there are several others. Um, but what started as buying a bunch of old servers off of eBay and getting the, the internet connection in and kind of evolving that from a uh, test lab, so to speak, that ran the average guy to an actual platform for customers that's highly available. Um, that's really where we're going forward. Uh, we're, we're very much focused on um, knowing who's on our platform, welcoming new people in our platform. We don't like having kind of the 1-800 stingy feel to it. So um, I personally interact with a lot of people that come on our platform and we really just make sure that you have what you need to get your job done. Nothing more, nothing less. Um, but the, the more that we do put in is around that security, high availability and reliability. And uh, we continue to focus on that going forward, both with um, new hardware that we're landing as well as um, pretty much gigabit fiber um, going out to the World Wide Web. So um, if you if you think about what you would get on your typical shared hosting, no one's going to give you kind of that unsaturated bandwidth. Um, we do. We take care of blocking some of the bad things that might get to your site before your site's firewall has to deal with it. Um, and, you know, we're also kind of strategically located in a place where the latencies for people who want to host the United States is pretty fantastic, right? 90% of the world's internet traffic runs through the Maryland, D.C., Northern Virginia area. Um, our latency to one of the nearest major uh, telcos is about four milliseconds on our fiber line. So um, it's it's not a bad network backbone you're getting for 10 bucks a month. And then on top of that, you know, we're making sure that, you know, whatever type of app it is you want to host, whether it's something that would be on a lamp stack or otherwise, we're going to make sure that you have the experience and, and the mechanisms you need to run that. So Christian, when I was at your place, so I don't know, three, four weeks ago, um, I saw EX four ninety five uh, sitting. <laughs> I, those are like the the dead skeleton, dead bodies that will just like follow me around. They still multiply in size, even though, uh, yeah. But you, you got you had one. You've got one in the basement. I saw. I, how, yeah. How we, are you? How are you doing? So for your own home, you know, we're all home server guys, right? We came yeah. out of that. Andrew, I'm going to ask you how you're doing this as well. What are you doing for your own home storage at this point? Certainly, you got this infrastructure. It's business related. But how are you doing your own home storage backup? Yeah, so um, it's separate infrastructure. We um, maintain a lot of different SAN devices. And whether it's an iSCSI or even in some cases a fiber channel, I, I kind of have two I, two major SANs that are, you know, we could lose multiple drives on them and not have an issue. Um, and those are available over um, a VPN. So wherever I'm at, whether it's on my cell phone, I can recall data from my machines or whether it's, you know, from one side of a VPN tunnel or another, um, it's very much kind of a converged home network. Um, and um, it's, it's getting cheaper to do actually at, more at scale. I mean, you look at the cost of what it takes to throw in a bunch of 12 terabyte spinners, you literally don't have to change the number of running computers or the amount of power you're using to do it um, to have five or six times as much storage as what you did when we first started this podcast. So that aspect has been uh, really incredible. 
I must say with respect to the HP EX 495s, our, our affectionate name for them has been toasters. And the reason for that is because they run as warm as a toaster does when you're cooking your bagel in the morning. Um, and it has also cooked a fair number of hard drives. So I have now on our sixth hard drive that we've lost that was in one of those devices. And if you compare it to anything else that's in a more enterprise chassis, um, you, you just can't compare the hardware drive uh, failure rates. Now, the drives that I had in those toasters were Seagate drives, probably weren't the best of drives in the world at the time. But that said, um, I have this fond place in my heart for, the, for what the concept was and what the possibilities were with that chassis. But the case design and the airflow probably uh, never really got ironed out to where it should have been. The, uh, the, the audience, the old audience here that was been from the beginning is just killing that they're like ah they love those boxes those yeah. 495s were great how much um how much storage do you think you, like when you think about what you need to store for data christian what, what's that requirement now do you think local it's stupid um i mean i i'm always <laughs> almost full on my two terabyte hard drive locally um and so just for my personal needs i probably need around 20 terabytes okay. uh in a given notice um that doesn't maybe necessarily include every single photo or video archive or other project i'm working on but if i were to talk about you know the bare essentials somewhere in that um that 20 terabyte range yeah which doesn't seem too ridiculous anymore andrew when you think about what what are you doing for home storage these days how are you doing um so i've, I've still got a home server no um seriously yeah. <laughs> so there's still some to do by the way i've, I've heard from yeah you. look my, my 2003 base home server still runs after a fashion if i turn it on um which i do need to to get some stuff off it um i've got a uh, synology ds918 plus um with three eight terabyte drives in it c8 iron wolf pros they're not the quietest drive in in the world but they seem to have a good mean time between failures i'm using uh probably using about three terabytes at the moment that's you know downloaded um movie and tv content most of our photos go to the cloud um being dropbox and google um what just, um what do you, what os are you using on the server uh, runs its own so it's running the synology it's just a, i think it's a linux linux kernel of some some shape or form okay. um and it you know I, I got over i got over the whole fact of having to massage it and log into it and patch it and all that sort of stuff whereas this this sends me an email if it's got an update and i'll log into it i apply it you know i've got four or five docker containers running to grab tv shows that we watch and things like that automatically so you know the kids the kids turn on the cody box and um you know the tv shows they watch are index up automatically and tell them that there's a new episode to watch and they go and watch it hot, hot spare on those three <clears throat> two two data and um so it runs their own file system bt something or other frs i think it is um i haven't got it set up for a hot spare but it, it gives you enough notice if yeah. you're going to lose one it uses smart off the drives um, and I think a eight terabyte out here is about three hundred bucks at the moment. So I probably should buy one and throw it in it as a spare. But just, ha just have it. Just, just kind the of longer, the, yeah. The longer the longer it runs, the, the 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 better chance of it failing as well. So 
Mike, I just reset up my my Unraid box. I had taken it down for something, and then I was super surprised how easy it was to take that flash drive, put it back in that computer, just fire it up, and it's back. Basically, and you can like, you could move all those hard drives to new hardware as long as you have that USB stick, and it'll yeah. fire right back up like it was. Yeah. You might have to remap some network, but uh, that's I love that thing. I've moved that around twice since I started using Unraid when certain parts failed. And then it, yeah, it works well. I, I put so, some smaller drives in. It needed to be, I had to reformat some things. I had to rebuild parity. So yep. I had some work that I needed to do. And how are you, what are you using this week? Yeah, right. This literally this week. Um, no, I'm still on Unraid as well. I don't think I'll ever leave Unraid just because it's the perfect, you know, I'm not a huge, uh, you know, I'm not a developer. I don't know code. I don't know all that stuff. So for me, Unraid is just dead simple. And the point and click, the GUI does enough for me. And right now I have 20 terabytes in there, about half full. So 10 terabytes. My usage always just depends on if I'm in a my swing of am I making content or not? Am I making YouTube comment? If I am I doing videos, am I not? But then on the on this computer here, I have three terabytes, two of which are just devoted to games, because um, games take up a lot of space. But uh, for me, everything's self-hosted though. So far in Run Raid, I'm still running Nextcloud, which is our whole family, and then some also um, some of my wife's family are using our Nextcloud instance and everyone's photos back up through Nextcloud. So Nextcloud hosts all those photos. That's how we do photo backup in addition to our iPhones just backing up to iCloud. Um, and so everything backs up to that that one Unraid box and it tends to work out really well. And then we back up offsite um, the, the critical stuff. But a lot of most of that 10 terabytes is uh, Plex, right? It's movies, TV, everything like that. And a little bit of it is actually, uh, I send some of my security footage over there as well. Well, and Andrew brings up a good point. You know, we, we think about Mike and and uh, miss him in this area as we talk about Unraid. Yeah. He, he, of course, was a, a big Unraid. Mike Howard is who we're talking about, big un, Unraid supporter. We lost him uh, early here, I think April uh, of this year, right in the middle of COVID. Yeah. Uh, not not able. I was, I was hoping, I knew, you know, we've had him on the show a couple times and knew with the cancer that he had that it's it was going to be sooner than later and I was really hoping to make uh, the funeral down in Atlanta and though we were in full lockdown I'm so it's probably April in those days I couldn't make it um certainly Mike a big big fan of the show and and we miss that guy um dearly um go ahead Mike oh one thing I was going to mention real quick on Unraid you know we had um John right from Lime Tech on a while ago yeah, yeah. and he was talking about the beta of 6.9 their latest beta was just like it took everyone by surprise. They included uh, GPU use in Docker. Remember how we had that conversation? Of there's there was this whole second version of Unraid that people were running, which they didn't really they liked, but they didn't like. They just all of a sudden wrapped that right into the new release of the beta, which was extremely shocking, but really cool because now you have full support and you can be on the actual Unraid version. I just had to throw that in because I know a lot of good people in our community were waiting for that exact thing for yeah. Plex transcoding. If you're running all that in Docker, uh, now you can take use of your uh, GPU if you have one in there. I, I need to contact him and uh, get him back on the show. We do, uh, especially with that big announcement. I'm like, hey, you were holding back. He probably knew that that was coming. Right? It was probably hard for him to have that conversation knowing all that was coming down the pipe. Andrew, you got some uh, some guests there, some live a live studio <laughs> audience for us? Yeah, the, the live studio audience is showing absolutely no interest in what I'm doing at the moment. <laughs> they're just uh, they're just napping. Uh, I want to play another another call. We got we got a bunch in this week. By the way, appreciate you guys doing that. And I want to switch gears a little bit. So have a listen to this.
we can't hear it if you can, Jim. Oh, really? No. Yeah. Oh, that's that, that, that's, that's, that's that, I think that I think that was why there was three bl- three blank looks in you. Yeah, <laughs> that's unfortunate dead air. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I didn't know whether to speak up sooner or later. If you're waiting for it to load, oh, I thought I had shared the. Okay, well, hold on. We'll do that. That's that's funny. I appreciate you you jumping in. Yeah. Here, but let me. Let me we'll second. try it again. This is Brian. Here we go. It takes a second for him to come in, so we'll let him come in here. Hi, this is uh, Brian from Arizona. Just want to say I love the show. I uh, listened to it for a while, and uh, you guys always are providing great advice, great tips. Always love seeing new gadgets, and uh, really giving me confidence to help uh, build my smart home and get it going. So thanks. Keep up the great work. Uh, back in the day, we did a home server show meetup, and Kyle Wilcox was there. We were talking about hard drives and storage space, and he won a Drobo that I think I had in my possession, and I'd, I'd left a drive in it, and it's just a funny story. So listen to Kyle. Hey, Jim. This is Kyle Wilcox. Congratulations on 10 years. Thanks for all the podcasts and the community letting me come on your show, all the meetups, and that extra hard drive. I've had fun, made friends, and learned a lot. I also want to make sure to leave some Drobo dollar signs here. See ya. Now, I kind of, I kind of missed uh, Andrew. You around for those days, yeah. right? The Robo dollar signs in the in the chat. Yeah, yeah. I had left the one <laughs> every time. Every time, Tim Tim Black was the the originator of that. Um, I had left a one terabyte hard drive in that Drobo, and it shipped out. And I remember Dave, you know, Dave or uh, Kyle took off, and it's like, oh, in in the day, and one terabyte drive was like a pretty big drive yes, in those days. Uh, Andrew, you said you got three eight terabyte drives. I don't think we even think, Christian, if you were to think about the minimum size hard drive you'd buy right now, what, what do you think that would be? A spinner or solid? Uh, let's say a spinner. 12? Bare minimum three. Uh, but I mean, realistically, I haven't bought anything. That makes me feel a little bit better because I literally just while, grabbed so. two four terabytes because I have not wanted to replace my parity drive in Unraid. So I just have a ton of four terabytes. I have five, I yeah. guess, now because it's 20 terabytes. Yeah, I have like six with the parity drive. And I just, I haven't wanted to upgrade the parity. So I just stick to fours and they're so cheap now. It's like, well, why not? And I'm not going to, I don't need that big a drive. But you're right. The, the eights is probably the sweet spot right now. It's eight's the sweet spot. Twelve is starting to emerge there. Sixteen is higher end, but within reach. Yep. So, I uh, Andrew's still saying he's on on one. I've got uh, in my Drobo now. I still I have a bunch of one and two terabyte drives in there. That in you know the Drobo is kind of the backup device here. Works just fine. I throw a bunch of those in there. They're still out there. I think price wise, here in the in the U.S., I think on eBay I can get the three and four terabytes for like fifty bucks. Mike, do you think that's? Uh, I paid ninety for my or eighty five for my four terabyte. Okay, but that was new, brand new. Yeah. yeah. So eBay used you can like fifty bucks. Well, and I was disappointed because actually one of the drives it was my first drive to ever go bad in Unraid just went bad and I thought it was because I have drives in that Unraid box that are old and it was actually one of the Seagate NAS drives that I had just put in um, last Don't year. Say that. So I'm going to say that. That's what I run. <laughs> so yeah. So I, I'm actually, I just have it boxed up right now. I'm doing the RMA process and, and sending it in, but I couldn't wait for the RMA. So I had to order uh, new drives and did I, I didn't learn my lesson. Cause I actually went with Unraid. They spin the disc down most of the time, unless they're being used. So I actually just went with a Seagate compute drive, which is a terrible idea. 
But um, so I think the Seagate NAS were even probably about a hundred dollars for a four terabyte, and right around that same price for a Western Digital Red. Andrew, what about you? What do you think? Um, I'll look. I'm running Arnold's. Um, like I said before, they're a little bit noisy. Um, I'm running the uh, VN double VNO two twos, which are the earlier models. Um, the VN double four, which is a CMR drive, they're meant to be a lot quieter. So you know, as they fail, I'll replace them with those. The beauty of um, the Synology, so I can take it from eight terabyte drives to twelves, or right. whatever the latest size is, and it just takes care of it for me and does all the rebuild on its own. That's which what is I love about. Sweet. Yeah, that and Unraid, all of those where you can just kind of mix and match. And it's amazing how much, how many use cases you can find for old hard drives. Oh, mine, yeah. are all, mine are all right here. You can see them all stacked up. And I'm always pulling one of those off to like transfer some data, right? Just it's, it's something there. If you don't have the network available or something, I'm going to take one down. Actually, my brother-in-law and I are building our mother-in-law a uh, new computer for Christmas. I'm going to take one down, load it up with all our old files so we can bring it back up here and and uh, move everything over for it's always a use case for a terabyte. And some of these are even like 300, 400 gig spinners, which I should just throw out. Yeah, well, my my um, home service, still, I think it's got three 250 gig spinners in it. And it one, of work. One, uh, one of them doesn't. One of them is dodgy. So when I start it, <laughs> I've got to sit there with the drive and go like that to keep it running. <laughs> <laughs> Tap it, drop it. Remember all the tricks? You play if you oh, yeah. Stick, stick it in the freezer for a couple of hours in a Ziploc bag. Six inch drop, a freezer in the freezer, all these tricks to... Un, unstick a spinner uh, in those days. Yeah. My, uh, Mike, my Unraid, uh, you know, when I reconfigured it because I needed, I wanted some drive space. So I took it away from the Unraid box. 800 gig. That's, that's as big. That's as big. And it's, <laughs> it's made up of four laptop drives. So like it's a soup, but it, you know what? It works. Hey, it, it works. works. It works really, really well. Just yeah. Me. And do you have an SSD in there for cash? I don't know. Oh, not. you don't even have. Oh, so it's slow. I probably. It's, then. It is, and I, I'm not going to do a lot on it. I just was thinking if we're going to have John back on the program, yeah. I can't do that and not have an Unraid box running. Right. So. Oh, so do you have like any dockers running on it or anything no, like that? No, nothing right now. So no, you're not, no. oh, okay. You, no. you, once you experience that, you'll, uh, you'll fully go Unraid. You'll be like, okay, I'm putting some big drives in here. Yeah. It's perfect for guys like you and me. What well, does, I, um, go ahead. What's Docker, what's Unraid cost these days? It's, is it subscription model or is it a one-off cost? Uh, one-off cost, which is the best part about it. And they said they're not going to change that. I think it was $60. That's what Google um, said about Google Photos. Right? Yeah, but these guys, I don't know. I, for some reason, I trust them. They, uh, let's see, pricing, what are they at currently? They're so six, $60 for basic, which is up to six drives. Uh, 12 drives, $89. Unlimited drives, one hundred and twenty nine. So even if you so want if you, the max, one hundred twenty nine bucks for life. So if you average punter, they don't need they don't even need basic anyway. For who? Because you're the your average punter, your average average guy. Oh okay, yeah, yeah you're right. English, English yeah, I was gonna say. I was like, yeah. It's at Australia. <laughs> I'm thinking punter. I'm thinking of like like a football punter. Punter, you know? punter. I, told, yeah. I don't understand <laughs> half of what you say. I most of the time I just shake my head. Okay, that sounds. Oh good. nod, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, fifty nine bucks for that. It's it's not bad. Yeah, Rennie says he still has some Maxter drives uh, in service, and I might have a I might have a Maxter sitting in a stack somewhere waiting to be. Did they, get, did they get bought by someone, or did they just die? Seagate bought them. Yeah, okay. I think Seagate they bought nearly everyone, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Them and yeah, yeah. Western Digital. There's only two left, right? I think those are the two. Yeah, I think those are the two uh, that are left. Hey, let's um, let's go one more. Let's go one well, more. If you if you if you're gonna buy Flash. What would you buy? 
Oh, that's a good. I was gonna. I was gonna get to that after the voicemail. So hold that okay. thought for one second. Let me play. Uh, yeah, let, let me play another voicemail. This is uh, Jim Shoemaker. Hey Jim, I first remember hearing you on the Home Server Show, and then then meeting you at the 2012 meetup. Uh, those meetups were all great. Good times at the Irish pub, fish and chips, good stuff. I, I started listening to your podcast as soon as I learned about them, and I kept with it. You had a series of excellent co-hosts and guests. I had to get my dose of text somewhere. It's been really neat to meet some of your family along the way. Congratulations on 10 years, and here's a toast to 10 more. Oh, here's a toast. Here's a toast to 10 more. I don't know, you guys. Oh, there we go. Good job. Good job. Um, Christian. SSD, let's start with you on this as we think about Sweet Spot. And I'm assuming we're going M.2 or NVMe now, right? We're SSD in that traditional sense. Is we're, we're moving to those. So, Christian, what do you think? Yeah, um, two terabyte um, for the solids, um, both in the classic form and in the NVMe form. It is a little bit harder to find uh, PCIe 4 NVMEs in the two terabyte form. For example, the the high end uh, NVMe from Samsung, the 860 there is a one terabyte max is where you can find mostly. Uh, if you look at the Gigabit Aorus series, you can get up to two terabytes, which um, the bus speeds are about 5,500 megabytes per second uh, on reads and close to five on, on writes. So pretty impressive chip. Um, if you're going to buy new and you're you're building it into a new computer, I'd, I'd make sure you buy something that's PCI4 at this point. So, Okay. Andrew, your thoughts? Um, the laptop I'm using at the moment uh, boots off a Western Digital Black, I think it is. Um, and then the data is on a uh, Samsung one terabyte. So five five twelve for the system, terabyte for data. It's my new work machine. I own the, the data data drive, they own the system drive. Um, what what do you think the sweet spot is in that space right now? Price wise price wise out here it's a terabyte. Okay. And I'll, for me, uh, look, I think I'd probably go Crucial or Samsung for the most part. Yeah, Western I think that's kind, of, that's kind of the default. Western Digital is making a big play in this space. They, 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 their brand is solid there, but yeah, there's a lot of Samsung definitely yeah. seems to own it. Yeah, and Crucial seemed to have a much better long time, be, uh, much better mean time between failure. Quote, you know, one point one point eight million hours versus one point five. Which is significant if you're using it for, you know, home automation. So my my um, NUC's got a crucial in it purely for that reason. Because we, if it comes true, if it comes true to form, you know, that's another right, what right. three hundred thousand hours. Andrew, you know, with the exception of price for you guys, and it's a little cheaper here in the U.S. than it is in Australia. But in in Christian, you say two terabytes. Do you think we're to the spot? Honestly, for most people, two is enough. And, you know, yeah. we used to do an SSD and then a spinner. Now, with most things being in the cloud, I, Christian, is it two and d that's it? Is that, that's, all, that's all you really need? I mean, are we kind of to that point for, for most people? Depends how good your backups are. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, no, no I, it doesn't. It depends how good your stores are. <laughs> True. <That's awesome. laughs> um, I, I, uh, 
the modern day equivalent is you have your boot drive on an NVMe and your data drives as SSDs. And if you look at a lot of the case designs that you've seen in the last year, they're optimized for, you know, hiding your, your two and a half inch SSD cards on the back of the motherboard case, and then having your M2s presented on the front with a, a heat sink or a cover of some kind. So the cases are building that way. Um, if you look at the amount of space they save for spinners um, in a mid-range ATX, maybe you get three slots for them. I doubt anyone's actually using them, um, especially if they're going with that SSD uh, layout. Uh, never hurts to have some extra SSDs around, especially if you have, um, if you want to make backups to different types of, as Andrew points out, different types of things that restore differently, um, rather than just having multiple backups that get restored by the same program. Like maybe you back up, uh, your system one way with, let's just say server essentials, and then you do another backup with just classic Windows systems image, and then maybe your third backup is to cloud if that's if that's for you. So, Yeah, I mean, my setup's a little bit different. I think you're totally right on, on how most people do it because that's pretty much how I do it. So I run my boot off an NVMe, uh, 500 gigs, and then I have my uh, SSD on the back, back of the motherboard, and that's where I store the games that I play. And then, But then I still do have a two terabyte spinner in here as well, and that is for all of like... YouTube video content, Rafa, I just want to, I, I still want to have locally on this machine, but I want to throw it somewhere. It doesn't need to be fast at all. And I just had an extra two terabyte later on. Honestly, it could be an SSD, but I don't experience any. So that's kind of like the cold storage for me. It's games I, ha- I haven't played anymore. But if a buddy says, hey, remember when I want to go back and play that old school game we used to play? It's probably still on the hard drive somewhere here. Uh, but doesn't need to take up SSD space. I think that's that's pretty true. It's so funny on backup. Um, I back up my server religiously I don't care. This machine could catch fire tomorrow and I could rebuild it in like an hour without a backup. I don't back anything here up. Um, everything here is like pulled from the server usually. I think that's why. And it might, I might have to re-download some games. Um, but besides that, I've just, I, I have lost and it's probably bad of me to say that, but on my work, on my, my main machine down here, not my work machine, I just, I have not found the need and I have just wiped it and redone it a few times when I've run into something. And it's like, it's so painless now with everything being cloud, whatever cloud is to you. Cloud is your own server. Cloud is off-prem, whatever it is. Uh, it's pretty easy to rebuild a computer these days. Probably not for you, Christian. You probably have a lot of mission-critical stuff on your main machine. Um, but I think for a lot of... like, I consider myself a very average guy user for this machine. Um, even I think for a lot of people. But then again, I say that, but all my stuff is stored on an in-house server. People are probably storing a lot of that stuff on their main machine and not on a server in their house. So I'm probably in a weird spot with being average guy slash not average guy. John says uh, he built an Unraid box intending to transfer everything over. This sounds familiar, which he did, but never got around to decommissioning the Windows home server 2011. You know, nine years, Christian. Yeah. And it sounds familiar story. Um, Christian, you know, we used to think like the OS, the life of an OS was just a couple of years, three, four years. That seems to be getting stretched out a little bit. Like, I don't know. I could be wrong, but it just kind of seems like I, I hear a lot of guys running older versions of things. I know we got to worry about patches and stuff. Andrew, this is a little bit of your space. Don't ask me. They? But, but it's just, <laughs> I, no, right on. But it just seems like OS is look, look, look at Windows. Look at Windows 7. Yeah. You know, 
half the ATMs in the world are still running that bloody operating system. Right. Yeah. yeah. Even hardware though, replace throw a yeah. throw an SSD in something that had a spinner. And those machines, this iMac behind me is a two thousand when did I graduate undergrad? Um twelve? 2012 machine works great. Use it all the time. This actually runs Sighthound. I can, I can still use a daily driver. All I had to do was put an SSD in there. The hardware is lasting forever. My my Unraid server is an i7-3770, right? I mean, and it, it runs great. And that old motherboard, and uh, I think the hardware is even lasting. Uh, even cars are lasting longer, right? I mean, the reality is that the, the way we design, and whether it's designing and building transistors and 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 hardware on a circuit board or whether it's the architecture and design of operating systems, they're just able to um, be more resilient and self-healing, particularly in software, um, certainly in hardware. I mean, one of the biggest stark changes at the 10 year mark for me is look at what a BIOS was 10 years ago to what it is today. (laughs) Like, are you kidding me? 10 years ago, uh, you know, the types of BIOSes I would look at online were half a megabyte. If you flashed it wrong, you were done, go buy a new motherboard, or you had all the equipment you needed. If you were lucky to either pull the BIOS chip out of the motherboard, flash back to something that worked and put it back in, if you hadn't damaged the hardware, or you were looking at soldering pins and the whole nine yards, right? Today, go pick up a new motherboard, um, some of these firmware images are two gigabytes just for the BIOS. And there's two BIOS chips. And if you want to revert back to the previous version, you hit a button on the back of your motherboard and it takes you back and it automatically flashes back over. Um, and good luck reading some of the source code in those because it's it's basically an operating system unto itself that boots right from the time you hit the power button. Um so even at the at the firmware level, before you even talk about the operating system, it is a vastly different place in software, and the underlying hardware functions are just far more mature. Christian, uh, BIOS mods still around? I, you said that I forgot. We didn't even mention BIOS. Mods. Still around. <laughs> still, still uh, lives to tell the tale. I, I admit it's been some time since I've, I've, uh, you know been active in in the community but it it's still still out there still chugging along um and it's amazing the types of old hardware that people are trying to keep running and keep alive so it it definitely serves a valuable purpose i hear uh andrew you you said you didn't even want to go into this so i'll ask your personal opinion on this (laughs) and i know you know for a guy who supports you do this day in and day out and you're supporting me so so of course it's not great that that folks are running older hardware, but just when we think about the consumer, our, our space running server software, it just seems like we can get away with a lot less and still do what we're doing. Yeah, we- look, some of the vulnerabilities in particularly in Server 2008. So if you're running Windows Home Server 2011, for example, you really need to have a good hard look at yourself and what you're prepared to lose. It's not so it's not so much the risk of having it sitting behind a firewall. You know, if you've got a decent firewall and you never expose it to the internet, you know, who who cares? But, you know, if you've got stuff on there you don't want to lose, there's some pretty horrible people out there on the internet. Mm-hmm. And if you've got personal data stored on it, you know, nothing's unable to be cracked, no matter how well you encrypt it. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. The, encrypt, the encryption software is there because they can break it. That's my 
That, that's my type. That's my slant on it. I think it's. Um, I think it's a good. I think it's a good warning. You know, I think that's like. It's probably time to upgrade. Jim Shoemaker says, "Yeah, I uh, used BIOS mod on my N40L. Thanks again, Christian, uh, for that." Man, it just seemed like we talked a lot about that, and then we yeah. did. <laughs> yeah, you know? that was yeah. a hot topic for. You. 12, months, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, it was. I mean, I remember when we did all the BIOS updates to get the quad-core CPUs running on the HP 485 and 495s. And yeah, all those all those little toasters I have running around are quad-core Xeons, which, you know, in comparison to the Celeron D chip that shipped with it, which was single-core and couldn't transcode a video if you paid it money to, um, night and day difference for the cost of uh, a BIOS update and a $60 CPU chip. I to have your skills to be able to make that sort of stuff work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Christian, that always surprised me about you, Christian, is that there was just, no, there was nothing that was ever too hard. Like, yeah, yeah this sounds really difficult and everybody's punting and Christian's like, ah, I bet I can figure it out. I'm just a butterfly for chasing problems. I find that as, as elegant as a game of chess, you know, just infinite outcomes. Um, but, you run towards Jane danger, right? Yes. It's like a, yeah. Yes. It's like a superhero. Yeah. I, uh, I want to play one more, one more voicemail. And then I'm going to ask you three, the question, what do you think has changed the most in 10 years? So as we think about all those technologies that we were talking about back in 2010, up to today, 2020, which has changed the most. So let me play this voicemail. Nathaniel sent this to us, and then I'll ask this, the, the question. Here we go. Hello, Jim and Mike and the Home Gadget Geeks family. This is Nathaniel Lindley in Minnesota. I want to thank you for recording and sharing stories with all of us. I appreciate the variety of voices and perspectives over the years. Cheers to you, to learning, to listening, and congratulations on 10 years of the Home Gadget Geeks podcast. Everybody who did that sent in a voice of mail via our pod page that's available um, in, in, I had homegadgetgeeks.com working. Then I sent out a tweet to like, hey, leave us a message. <laughs> I don't know what we did, but we took it down. <laughs> so it didn't work for a while. If you go to podpage.com slash homegadgetgeeks, I think you need to put dashes in there. Home Gadget Geeks, you can leave us a voicemail. This is actually something Mike and I would love to have you guys do on a fairly mm -hmm. regular basis. Questions for yeah. us, things you want to ask. It's 30 seconds, so it doesn't take a long time. You can just drop in there and leave us a voicemail, and uh, and we appreciate um, that as well. As I go back to the post, let me bring up that original post really quick, and let's just look at it as you guys are kind of thinking. Uh, <laughs> so... Um, and I think I did this post, Andrew. I don't. I think this is before I roped you into making. Yeah, definitely. But this week we spend most of the show focusing on Microsoft Windows Live Essentials 2011. Brian, most recent post on the Live. My mom still uses that. Really? Well, you know what? I still use the video. Uh, the video. Yeah, that's what she. Uses. That's what she uses. She yeah. uses the video, and she uses someone else. So oh, I use LiveRider too. I still use LiveRider to. Yeah, it just it just works. Posts. Yeah. No, it's it still continues. Now you can't find it anywhere on the web. Like it's mm -hmm. not it's not there anymore. I still have mm -hmm. it, but it because I use it so much. But we talked about Windows Live Essentials, how to set up, how to set it up, getting started with it. We talked about Skype. Remember those days? Blogger and WordPress, Dropbox. Um, Pigeon. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Christian, let's start with you. As you think about 10 years ago, 
and then you think about today, what do you think, what do you think's changed the most? And you can define that however you want. I was going to say better or worse, but what, what do you think's had the most change? What's got the most Delta in there? Consumerism, uh, particularly in the enthusiast space, right? Like the things that excite us are very different. Um, and actually, if you think about even the rebranding of this show from home tech to home gadget, right? It was the introduction of the era of gadgets that suddenly um, lit consumers up into a different way of experiencing computers, right? And now, you know, I, I remember in the early days of home tech where we'd have these royal crusades about whether or not anyone would buy a phablet for a phone. Um, and now everyone, everyone has one, right? And it's a computing device. And there's plenty of people who would be just as happy to have a phone and not a computer because to them, it's the same thing. Um, so really, I think the presentation of computing in the technology industry, and um, I, I loosely call it ubiquitous computing, right? Regardless of the platform or the gadget or the thing, the major difference from 10 years ago till now is that it's very cheap, ineffective, and accessible to have any type of consumer product have an IP address, a network connectivity of some kind or fashion and a compute mechanism. And 10 years ago, we just weren't at a point where things were reliable enough at that price point to make it worthwhile. Infrastructure was still, you know, budding it by comparison to what it is today. I mean, there is so much more internet infrastructure that powers what we can do today that we don't even think about it. And so the next gadget or the next app or the next whatever can pop up in weeks in comparison to the years it would have taken if you had started in 2010 for something like that. So. Yeah, that falls. I was going to say accessibility, right? Like if you think of everything that has changed, well, personally for me, I was all Mac and then I came on this show and now I have like an old Mac and an iPhone. That's the only Mac products I have in my house. And I was supposed to be the Mac guy coming into this. So personally it's been uh, operating systems of choice for me is now windows and, and Linux, but um, accessibility for everyone. I mean, if you think about back then, like the dream was to, you know, someone mentioned in chat streaming, right? Access to live streams, access to video, yeah, it was all there, but just like how much better it's gotten access to think about it, you walk around with access to your entire photo library in your pocket. Um, like you can access every single yeah. photo. Yeah, your, your content, all your personal photos, which is searchable via AI. And I can say, show me all pictures of my dog. And it shows me all the way back to the beginning of time, all my photos. Um, video games, you can now with all the Stadia and Xbox, you can stream from your console to your phone anywhere in the world. I can play my video games from my console. Like that type of accessibility is, is crazy. And I think even 10 years ago, which isn't that long ago, um, to 10 years ago, I think I was a freshman sophomore in college. Um, and I, I mean, that was right as I was starting to create my YouTube account. So I can remember the things that excited me. Like Dropbox was like big for me back then. I think my first video on YouTube was like Dropbox tutorial and how people didn't get the, like your files could sync all to all your different devices and how would that work? Things like that for the, for the average person, right? The tech people knew all about that. Um, but for the average people that just, that, that was still new to them. So accessibility is, is probably my biggest focus in the last 10 years. Yeah, no, that's a good point, Mike. I, I, I think that's what I hadn't thought of in that. Um, Andrew, what about you? What do you think? Um, I'll sort of look at it. Probably, I, I agree with, with those guys. I would, I would have added Internet of Things as well. 
mm-hmm. you know every everyone automation's becoming so accessible you know um you buy a 30 smart switch from the hardware store plug it in point a raspberry pi at it for another 30 40 bucks and you can turn your lights off and on you can put your blinds up and down depending on you know where the sun is and it's azimuth across the sky during the day what your temperatures are doing in your room um you know again you get the the, the sky's the limit to what you can do you know basically or simply what we're doing here is you know um, we control temperature based on whether we're home or heading towards home or away or away from home um, and you know just some automated lights and stuff like that but some of the stuff people are doing with you know very cost affordable home automation is amazing um, and then it ties into everything you know you can tie it into your phone you can tie it into you know a tablet you know double-sided taped onto a wall or um, voice control you know look at Look at Alexa and and uh, the Google Home um, ecosystem. You know, whoever thought that you'd be turning on your TV and changing channel by talking to a gadget or your remote control, for that matter? Yeah, you know, the new LG TV. Turn on the we saw that turn coming. on the TV to channel seven. I don't know yeah. if we saw that coming as we were talking about some of these early things. I, I don't know if we saw. Oh, it. Never. Just remember, we used to rip really hard on the voice assistants. <laughs> Like oh yeah, we, Katana, we, remember how bad Cortana was? Mm-hmm. <laughs> how bad and still is Siri, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Um. Although yeah, I mean, Siri. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no, I was, I was, I was just going to say, and all you Apple fanboys have got Siri. Oh yeah, that's what I mean. And, and it's gotten better, but it's it's still it's definitely. I'm so used to living in the Amazon ecosystem, and I mean everything in our house is a lady enabled, and we use a lady for everything. The kids yeah. come to. I hear them in the mornings because when Hannah leaves, the kids come to the basement because they get a little playtime before I'm kind of wanting them to get ready, and they come down. Hey, a lady, turn on the basement lights. And my kid's four. And like that just makes sense to him. Like that just clicks. And it, and then the little one, the three year old, was like, "You got it. You made it work. You got it." Like they're all really happy when it works because he can he can enunciate well enough now that she understands him. Um, yeah, you're right. The the Internet of Things has been a massive change. There are still yeah, people I mean, who are like my mom is someone who will not allow those devices in her home because um, they're listening, right? That I mean, yeah, that and just like my home is my spot. Like she doesn't, she doesn't, she doesn't want security cameras because you know, especially the cloud ones. Um, I mean, she's just not about. This is my safe place, and you bring those yeah. in, and yeah, they're listening or more data you can give to people. So, and she, she's not even a tin hat person at all. She's just like, yeah, no, I've lived without it my whole life. I'm good. Like, yeah, I don't need it. It. Yeah. and I'm like, how do you live without it? <laughs> it's everything in our house. There's not a thing that isn't connected to that device. Yeah, well, both my kids have got. You know, look the little Lenovo Google Assistant enabled um, alarm clock. You know, first thing they do in the morning, you hear them. You know, Google, what's the weather today? You know, or Google play some song that I've got no interest in hearing. And, you know, as long as it stays in their bedroom, I don't care. So, yeah, you know, and that's second nature to them. It is, yeah. which is which is interesting watching them grow up in in that time. It, it, yeah. it did get better. You know, it's creepy. So if you use a lack, uh, if you lose, use the A lady, sorry. If you <laughs> use the A lady, um, go into the app for her. And then there's an area, I think you go into settings and then voice training. And you can, it will play back some of the audio that you've 
recorded in there to say, who is this? Because it's trying to learn you and the other members of the family. It's trying to learn who those people are. And then listen to the way you do these commands. It's super funny because you know, sometimes in the morning I whisper to the to to it. <laughs> what time is it? You know, and it'll tell me in a whisper. It'll tell me back, but it records that right. And man, you start listening to those things, and we sound awful. In uh, like we must be asking this thing. You know, Sarah must still be half asleep because she was like, eh, "What's the weather today?" <laughs> <laughs> also, if you go one in the bedroom, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I refuse to have one in the bedroom. Yeah, it's probably a good call. But I, I have one in my bathroom and my bedroom. I, yeah, I, there is no some, place to say I don't need being heard in the bedroom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I was going to try to go. I was thinking along these lines, what was different 10 years ago? And and the average guy.tv looked totally different 10 years ago. Christian, remember the graphic you gave me? It was this blue. I, I will never forget it. It was this blue picture of a building. with pretty awful. <laughs> pretty awful. <laughs> I didn't. I, we just threw it up there. It was fine. Um, so I go into the Wayback Machine, and it says, the Wayback Machine says, uh, sorry, this URL has been excluded from the Wayback Machine. Is that possible? Could I have been blacklisted from the Wayback Machine? I'm going to have to dig into this kind of thing. This is I, I, may have, I, I may have done some something with Wayback oh. at some point from like a... Oh, yeah, that's right. I, I'm trying to remember what I did. I think I did delist a whole bunch of stuff back then. Saving Maybe. you from yourself, Jim. Yeah. Well, I have a revised version of it on Maple Grove Partners, so I can go back to those. I just, I, it was fun to see the old styling is a part of it. I think my my thing in 10 years as we think about it, um, and maybe it's not the biggest change overall, but just in the way we do blogging and podcasting. Like it has, I, I think about what's available to us today the ability to connect the four of us together. Mike and I are close, but Christian, you're across country. Andrew, you're on the other side of the world. Um, in in the ease at which it we're able to do it, the and the cost at which we're able to yeah. do this. I mean, I've been doing it for free on StreamYard for uh, I don't know since StreamYard started. Uh, was doing it free on Google Hangouts before that. I just bought the ten dollar plan for StreamYard because it got me some more hours and. I want to do some more live streaming of the smoker, you know, the grill. Mm. And so uh, it's like, you know, I was limited by 20 on the free plan. I thought, nah, for 10 bucks, they offered a plan for for Black Friday. Um, I think back to the days of when we'd cobble together Ustream or we'd cobble together. Um, Hangouts and Skype yeah. and some other Skype plugin order. to make it all work. Yeah. And- Christian, I've got, I've got Christian and me and Gary talking on Skype in I think via Ustream in those days, Christian, I think that was, that was just a couple of years in. Yep. That's when Gary was making sure you and I were okay for Christian to be I talking to. I think it to. was. I think it was a, <laughs> I think it was a big interview is what yeah. I was like, can you hang out, really hang out? He, you know, I think I ate half of my seat that day. It, it was always great having Gary on the show. And so Gary, yeah. Yeah, I know you're listening. So uh, I appreciate it. He's, 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 only, he's only human. Of course he's listening. He's listening. He never, he doesn't jump in the chat room, but I know he's listening. So Gary was great <laughs> on the show. It's so fish. But then even think about, you know, blogging on completely different from the traditional blog, then on to medium, you know, five, four, five, six years ago. And then today blogging really it, it's, Facebook and Instagram are the the blogging platforms, uh-huh. I think, of what people are using yep. today to do that, especially Instagram. How many of you oh, yeah. are, are, who's not on, or 
I should say who is on Instagram. I think are all three of you on yeah, I'm on Instagram. Okay. I don't actively put content on it. I'm a consumer, but yeah. well, and it's made for me, especially as a guy. I think blogs before had more of a lean towards women for for blogging, uh, and there were a bunch of guy blogs out there too. But I think for me, Instagram was like a really good day. First of all, I love consuming video and photo content, but like people's stories, like I follow a bunch of hunting channels and tactical channels. I really like ham radio channels, technology channels, and it's almost like you get vlogs and like little mini forms. And my wife. Um, I don't think she's ever read a blog in her life. Maybe when we were having kids and she was first trying to read some mom, some mommy blogs, but she follows a ton of Instagram influencers, whatever you want to call them. And they're smaller people, even local people to hear and, you know, she, all the fashion stuff. And, mm-hmm. and that's how she consumes all of her quote unquote, like blog style content is through Instagram stories. And that's it. Well, and I'm finding the YouTubers are on Instagram first. So they do they their live stuff is kind of on Instagram and then they're recording yeah. whatever they're doing their DM. the polished stuff is on YouTube right the behind the scenes is uh-huh. yeah. yeah 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 I see so and, and Snapchat died didn't it I don't know if it's dead but it's oh like, I, that's my main source of communication actually see, I have I have never looked at a Snapchat or a TikTok really I think it yeah. all depends on where your friends are at so for me oh, maybe for I'm some so, reason. That took I'm off in than, <laughs> Well, I'm you're, older you're, than you. No, you're not. <laughs> in college, that the Snapchat got its rise, and me and all my friends just got on it, and we've never left it. So, yeah. even even my mother in law, my my parents aren't on any social media, so they, it's yeah. texting or calling them or Facetime. Dude, I left college um, 35 years ago. Okay, well, you know, but I think so. There's definitely still a community around Snapchat. Um, yeah. I think it's just you had to have used that as a primary communication at some point, and it just happened to be ours, and we we've stayed on it. Yeah. Yeah. No. no, that's that. that that's I don't, think, I don't think I've texted my friends in a very long time. Yeah, my my close my my four I call my four like main friends in college. My roommates I had all through college. There we all just use Snapchat for some reason. I don't know. Yeah, see, see, all, all all my friends we we're all WhatsApp. Okay. Well, and WhatsApp in in Asia in particular is very very strong in your. And I've never even used WhatsApp. Nobody uses but, it in the United States. Yeah, even- but then what WhatsApp's fully encrypted, they guarantee that no yeah. one's gonna be able to get yeah. your content. Right on. I yeah. well my, my buddy uses it with his like his large extended family because they're all on different platforms. All of my friends have iPhones, so we could still use iMessage, but all of his family they use WhatsApp because some of them don't have Facebook, but they're all willing yep. to the ones that don't have Facebook are willing to get WhatsApp because of the yeah, yeah. encrypted they they trust it more than they would trust like a Facebook. And so that's why they use WhatsApp. I think it's just all the different circles have different needs. It's ironic given the owner that they trust. It's it's ironic they trust it more than Facebook, given who owns it. Yeah, Uh, Christian, would (laughs) you add anything to that? I don't know. The whole social sphere is continuing to, I think, bifurcate and not not really get any clearer. Um, You know, I think when Facebook first came out, it was seen as revolutionary. Now I think it's it's pretty much an afterthought um, in, in many of the younger age groups and a lot of the older demographics are now starting to discover it like it's brand new. Um, it's very confusing. There's a lot of migratory patterns and people um, picking up and dumping platforms. I think you've seen a lot of change in how um, platforms um try to position themselves, regulate themselves, make everybody happy and make no one happy as a result. Um, 
I'm not yet totally convinced that social media is somewhat of a failed experiment. Um, you know, in, in some ways, you know, I, again, I define social media very narrowly. I define it as that, that profile, that thing you're maintaining, that communication mechanism. Like to me, social media is a distinct category from like a chat application or a video call. Right. Um, and so I think, you know, Snapchat's such a perfect example, right? Because rather than maintaining this, you know, long thought out profile where you can scroll back into a timeline to the beginning and everything is there is safe for life. Well, Snapchat is I take a picture, I send it to people. Whoever wants to save it, they save it. Three years from now, no one's going to remember, no one's going to care, whatever, right? Um, and a lot of the things that have become more popular in the last two to three years are these temporary ephemeral things like TikTok videos or whatever, right? So Instagram stories even, right? They're 24 yeah. hours. You have 24 hours to watch it. After that, it's gone. Yep. And and so I'm convinced that part of the reason why social media is, is innovating so quickly or so rapidly is because it's still trying to figure out wh what the heck it is. Um, and so uh, it's to, to me, it, it started something. There have been good outshoots of it, but the main product of social media is like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, for me, it, it kind of clicks of what, it, what people loved about it before is that it connected you with people you might not always talk to. Right. At least yep. that was for me. Right. Social media was, hey, I never talked to my the kids, uh, my buddy Sweetcar, who grew up here in Omaha and we grew up all as kids. And then we moved. I moved away and I never talked to him again. And when Facebook came out, we connected on there. And I was like, oh, cool. I could see him. And now that's just kind of a norm. Right. Everyone is connected, but you don't need the all the extra things that came along with seeing their whole history. What's their current job title? It's all it, that stuff doesn't matter yeah. anymore. Right. Maybe well, it's just more of just an instant connectivity style damn i need to i need to prune my facebook profile in <laughs> yeah it, it's funny though because I, at least for me maybe i'm weird uh, i am weird but i would much rather go talk and meet people in an enthusiast form and a topic or i'm researching or a subject matter right like if you think about one of the most successful social media experiments personally for me has been watching the average guy migrate to discord because I can follow the conversations, I can get content. It's so much easier to digest than anything that social media. And I think part of it is because it, it is a weird instant message version of what form what what form boards were, you know, before yeah. before people flocked to free social media, it was webmasters hosting message boards where people would come in and post or oh my gosh, mailing list servers, right? Like if you want to go watch pure entertainment just subscribe to the public Go. linux linux mail list and watch uh linus torvalds tear someone a new one i mean <laughs> and he's tearing you know really senior engineers at these top companies and it's free entertainment but yeah you could go you could go sign up and reply and, he, and, and he you does could have it i will <laughs> yeah yeah and so it's like that to me is much more of the the old school social media that still has a very strong undercurrent in, in how people connect online today. So that's a great point. I love the discord movement, whatever that is, keep that going. Cause I, that's my main, I love living in discord um, when it's my social time, right? I have it up on my computer. Whenever I'm down here, I have a bunch of different servers of servers I'm a part of. And uh, it's, it's great. I've, I love it. You can stay just as injected as you want to be, right? You can dip in, dip out, and always have, be able to go back and kind of see what the conversation was. Uh, I, I love it. Andrew, what is I, 
what is ISCA? ISCA was a uh, online bulletin board system run by one of the unis in the States. Let me quickly Google it because it's the, the university is escaping okay. me. While you're looking that up, if you want to join us. University, of, uni, university yeah. of Iowa. Oh, yeah, just down the street for me. If you want yeah. to join our Discord group, theaverageguy.tv slash Discord. Okay, keep going, Andrew. Yeah, and this 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 thing was um, run off a um, bulletin board system called Citadel, and it was rooms and rooms and rooms and rooms and you know thousands of people logged in at any given time from all over the world. This was early nineties, mind you, late late eighties, early nineties. All the university kids used it. It was hip, and I I met people all over the world. I travelled to stay with people and yeah, yeah. meet people that I met on it. Yeah. What year? Oh, I started using it in '89. Okay. Okay. I think. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. Super cool. Super cool. Well, it's certainly um, uh, socials come a long way in the ten years we've been doing this. You know, I we I don't think I mean Facebook was super young in 2010. I was going to go back and look oh, through, yeah. even if it was. I'm, I might have wrote, I, I might or may not, I, I, um, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll um, say I did or I didn't kind of based on who's asking, but I wrote an article that Facebook is dead in 2012. <laughs> I remember <laughs> you writing that. <laughs> right after Christmas. And I had, I had five or six really good points of why this was just a flash in the pan and now it's gone. Well, okay. I was wrong. So it didn't even have its own movie at that stage. Yeah, no, it didn't have anything at that stage. Nobody even knew who Mark Zuckerberg was, right? We were just, we were just kind of okay. I want to wrap this with one quick segment on on something I found interesting. So, Mike, I'll run this by you, and this is for the real time discussion, things that are going on actively in Jim's world. So, Mike, you and I bought these D Link cameras. A couple of years ago, maybe. What's the resolution on these things? Do you remember? Uh, it's 720. 720. Yeah. Not bad. Wi-Fi enabled. No, not bad. Put them on. They have an app. You can get them connected. I had one at the front door. So until we got a, one of those package boxes that, that Paul Brereen talked me into, uh, this has sat at the front door monitoring when people drop off boxes. We have a ring cam out there as well. So it was kind of double duty. And then I bought another one and put it in the back window. And it watched the whole backyard. So that was kind of these two cameras going on. And they we, we brought it in through Sighthound, and they yep. worked pretty well for a while. And then I started having internet problems here at the house. And the Bitdefender box was struggling with some things. And then I noticed this last weekend, the Ring cameras were starting to struggle with some things. So uh, I called Ring, and you'd think, okay, Amazon owns Ring now and you'd think oh okay maybe that the service is you know maybe i'm gonna get lost in the shuffle somewhere because it's so big no called i called them i started with chat and then i called got this nice gal who was super nice to me and like some really great customer service struggled with some of the things she said because they weren't true but in in the midst of it got this really good customer service person that's helping me and and I'm watching, uh, Mike, I'm watching Sighthound on my computer while we're trying to troubleshoot these ring. They got really flaky on me. They were dropping out. They weren't recording the the, uh, the ring cams. 
they were recording, but it was all black. They were kind of dropping their signal back and forth. And just to clarify, you're not, you don't bring ring into Sidehound because they can't. I do not. No, no, so, no. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So there's actually a Windows app for ring that I use. So I was watching okay. it on there and then I was, I was watching Sidehound. And I had this thought about an hour into the call with ring. It's like, I wonder if those dealing cameras are causing problems. Cause she was, she was trying to tell me how, uh, you know, when you're in the ring app, they give you some, it's an RSSI. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. It's kind of a Wi-Fi signal strength, mm-hmm. right? And uh, she was saying like, oh, there could be other devices that are affecting it. And so the score isn't an absolute score, but it just kind of tells you how much interference there is. And we look for a score of about 50, 40 is great. I said, Wi-Fi interference. I don't know what made me think of it, but I thought, I wonder if these things are causing any, any interference on my Wi-Fi, right? So yeah. I said to her, give me a second. I'm, I'm going to go unplug my, my D-Link devices. She stayed on the line with me. It was great. Unplugged them. Almost immediately, everything on the Ring network started working. Like stuff I'd had problems with before keeping the chime. You know, I have a Ring chime as well, that, that, that a doorbell for it. Uh, working perfectly. Like now my ring is almost in real time. Like I can almost go to it and watch in real time what's going on. I think now I've been, I, I got some troubleshooting to do, Mike, but yeah, because you can turn the Wi Fi on those on, like it broadcasts its own Wi Fi network. Yeah. And you can turn that off. Um, I'll have to check into that. Yeah. And I bet that was maybe on the same channel as whatever your Wi Fi is in your home could have been causing some interference there if the cha- if the Wi-Fi was putting out. So, cause I haven't had that issue. Okay. But then again, I only have one and it's actually outside on my back patio. So it's yeah. far away from everything. So maybe it's not, mm-hmm. but then again, who knows? Maybe I unplug it and all of a sudden everything gets faster. You know? well, it, was, it was incredible. So one of those, one of those local events where I thought, well, okay, maybe I don't need these, you know, sell them on eBay for five bucks or maybe someone in the home gadget geeks network here would like me to send them to them. I've got two, Send me an yep. email at jim at the average guy.tv. I think I'm going to go 100% ring, just to be honest uh, on this. I'm going to install a stick up or something in my backyard and and just let that thing and maybe even a, a solar thing on, you know, do, let it do its thing. But yeah, Mike, it was just crazy. As soon as I unplugged them, like instant change in the network. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so pretty cool. So if you want to try out a couple, these are 720, they're used. I'll I'll um I'll send them to you. Send me an email, Jim at the average guy TV, and uh, and love to maybe ship them off your way. Andrew Christian, thanks for uh, thanks for jumping in tonight. Good to have you guys back on this thing, and and good yeah. to kind of relive some memories, right? I mean, you have to get me back more often. I'll have a beer next time. Okay, I'll go and buy some. I'll All go right. buy some just to keep Mark happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, right on. <laughs> uh, well. Andrew, uh, let's. I mean, I, I didn't ditch you on purpose. You, you no, had, no, I, I got it. I had kids. Yeah, you had kids. To be clear, he had children. That yeah. that's the they ruin children. Ruin Christian. Listen carefully. You lost. Listen carefully, Christian. Children ruin everything. Okay. No, no, your no, no, just just your life. And <laughs> <laughs> thing I have here, but then. If you ever want, yeah. Mike, Short, Mike. Shortly after marriage, your children will ruin your life. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, yeah, Andrew and I were talking about this in the pre-show. Jim, I think you were up getting a drink, and I was like, you know, because he was saying, I was like, well, you know, when, when were you on? He's like, yeah, then I had kids. I'm like, yeah, I know. I said, as soon as my kids are getting into sports and stuff, I just know Thursday nights are going to instantly be like, yeah. it's already getting tough because they don't go to bed as early as they used to. So I hear them upstairs, and like, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. Well, Andrew, maybe this is your entrance back in. We yeah. has to bail. Rotate out, right? <laughs> you haven't even asked me about the solar panels on my roof yet. I mean, I'm disappointed. No, that's true. What happened? No, no. I'll tell you what. We'll do a whole show on that. I'll bring yeah. you back in. No one could put up for an hour, put up with me driveling on about that for an hour. Well, maybe <laughs> a whole show then. Maybe we just do a partial. We kind of do a partial show on it. Christian, certainly, I mean, your life has changed pretty drastically. Graduated from school, got married. We followed you a little bit from Cyber Frontier, so not quite as shocking, but a lot of your, uh, a lot of things have changed for you as well. Definitely. Uh, it's a little bit of a time machine warp and uh, going back and watching shows from 10 years ago is a, is a stark reminder of that. So, uh, Andrew, uh, Ben says he'd love to hear a show about your, your solar panel. Oh, God, poor bastards. <laughs> I, we talked about that. I love solar. I, I, uh, I love, it. I love yeah, okay. it myself here. Let's so, we'll, okay, we'll get you back in. Oh, and maybe we'll come up with, uh, we'll, we'll kind of mix and match it. Have you? Yeah, well, this, yeah, we'll do a bit of automation and in, uh, I can show people how ignorant I am about my own home automation system. Yeah. Well, hey, there's a lot to do uh, in keeping Christian. You're in this mode right now, brand new place figuring out all the tech right that you want to oh my gosh yeah <laughs> it's a it's a constant struggle um and then on top of that i uh this current machine i'm on is also exceeded its 10-year anniversary um it's this os is an upgraded version of windows 10 from an original image of windows 7 that i built in 09 um and so it's fundamentally been the same hardware now for 10 years or so so i'm uh building my next uh uh decade decade worthy machine to carry into battle and even that um just finding parts has been brutal yeah well now is not a good time to buy a gpu let's just be really clear. i'm sorry i did it today so it's <laughs> great great time <laughs> one you found one I, I, yeah, that's a long story. I, I, I got a last minute pre-order to, to be taken. So yeah, everything's, everything is nuts right now. But to my point, Christian, like the studio PC here is not that old. I think I built this thing. I mean, it's old. I, I think I built this thing in 2014 and you know, it's six years later. And the other day I was like, ah, maybe I'll upgrade it. And then I started looking at things and I'm like, maybe I won't, <laughs> you know, it, Hey, it still works. It's still fast. It still does a lot of great stuff. You know, I put 16 gig of, of RAM in it when I built it. By today's standards, it's okay still. Like, you know, you can still kind of get away with it. I can max it out, by the way. But you, uh, you know, you start thinking, okay, well, I, this may, maybe this is okay for a while. Didn't we call that the flamethrower or something? Was that, is that the one yes. I'm talking about? Yep. And that's the one I'm still running. Back in the day. <laughs> it's so crazy. Ten years ago. Yeah. Yeah. No run on. Well, okay. A couple of reminders on our way out. One is uh, don't forget if you want to join us on Patreon and many of you maybe haven't decided to do that. we got a $5 plan in 2021. we got some Patreon kind of only stuff. We did two meetups uh, here at the end of this year. I'll be scheduling one for January, kind of get access to the full 
uh, version of this on Patreon if you want to do it. And it's just a nice thing to do. Head out to theaverageguy.tv slash Patreon if you want to support us. We mentioned the Discord group, theaverageguy.tv slash Discord if you want to join us there. Uh, contact the show. Send me an email, jim at theaverageguy.tv if you got content ideas or you want solar back on the show with Andrew Morris. We're bringing solar back. We're going to make solar sexy again, Andrew. Never stopped. <laughs> just a reminder the average guy.tv platform both web and media is hosting hosted by maplegrovepartners.com get secure reliable high-speed hosting from people that you know and you trust that yeah if you're watching the video that guy right down there we know the guy we know the guy here at home gadget geeks if you want to start a if uh if you want to start a site or you got some kind of special need just like Christian, no, he can do just about anything. So uh, uh, head out to maplegrovepartners.com and uh, and get something started today. While you're at it, sign up for a new domain on Hover, theaverageguy.tv slash Hover. Get $2 off your first domain. Support the show while you're doing it. And again, it's just a nice thing to do. And uh, and we appreciate it when you do that as well. Theaverageguy.tv slash Hover. We are live for the next 10 years. Well, Mike, not Mike Weger, because he just said he's leaving. But we are. Yeah, he's, got, he's got kids. It's inevitable, Mike. It's inevitable. Not yet. Not yet. I'm going to hold off as long as possible. Okay. Andrew, get your co-hosting uh, responsibilities. Get my hat back on. Get get ready. We are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out here at slash live Thanks for coming out for the special 10 year anniversary party. I hope you found it helpful and useful, and a little bit of reminiscing and a little bit of congratulatory backslapping and a little bit of some new stuff as well. Always good to have everybody back. Uh, thanks to everybody who joined us in the chat room. If you didn't get a chance to do it, come out and join us live some Thursday night. We'd love to have you out as well. With that, we'll say goodbye.